Hello, listeners. Yamina here. Welcome to the Dr. GPCR podcast. Before we dive into this episode, we would like to take a moment to thank our ecosystem partners for their support, namely Domain Therapeutics, GPCR Therapeutics, Design Pharmaceuticals, Montana Molecular, and Orion Biotechnology. Please mark your calendars for our next Dr. GPCR symposium held on Friday, September 22nd on the topic of GPCRs as therapeutic targets. The symposium is free, but you must be a Dr. GPCR ecosystem member, which is also free. Please see the menu button for the symposia page at the top of our welcome page to check out the program and register as a presenter. You don't have to register as an attendee. You just have to be part of the Dr. GPCR ecosystem to get access to the links to join us. We also have set aside two hours for networking and poster presentation on Kumo space that day. The posters don't have to be fully formatted. Just come with a few slides and have a chat with your community members about your favorite GPCR or other signaling proteins that you're working on. If you'd like to present during your, your work during the networking time on September 22nd, please complete the submission form available on our website. There is no limit on the number of posters we can accommodate. To present, you'll only need to provide us with the title of your presentation, a one-minute video abstract, and come with a few slides to help you discuss your work with your colleagues. Everyone is welcome. If you have any questions or comments, or if you'd like to present your work but don't know how to join us, please feel free to email us at hello at drgpcr.com. What are you doing between November 2nd and 4th? Join me and the Dr. GPCR team at the 22nd edition of the Great Lakes GPCR Retreat at Chateau Montebello in Quebec. We at Dr. GPCR are proud to be supporting this iconic meeting. I've had a blast help organizing this meeting this year with, with my colleagues from the University of Ottawa, University of Montreal, and the University of Sherbrooke. Visit gpcrretreat.org for more details on the program. The early bird registration and poster submission deadline is September 8th, and the late registration deadline is September 21st. Hurry up and join us on between November 2nd and 4th. And now let's dive into this episode. Good morning, everybody. This is Simina from Dr. GPCR, and this morning I have with me Dr. Françoise Bachelery. Françoise, welcome. Very excited to have you. Uh, it was a great pleasure to meet you finally in person at the Gordon Conference last June. So, um, and let's start at the beginning. Would you please introduce yourself? So, yeah, my name is Françoise Bachelery. I'm French, as you can uh, hear with my accent, French accent. So I'm French and I have done most of my um, scientific work in France, in France. And uh, introducing to which point do you want me to introduce? I, how, where, where do you, where, did, when did you get into science? What do you work on? I think okay. the it's kind of a, a given that it it has to do something with chemokine receptors, as you and I were. <laughs> Actually, you were one of the authors on my very first first author paper. Yeah, so I I have um, indeed uh, obtained a PhD uh, in uh, in the ninety, and uh, my PhD was uh, on the regulation of uh, the well-known uh, HIV virus. And at this stage, uh, I was working in a lab where we have some interest in the regulation of the transcription of HIV. 
And uh, later on, during my PhD, we have been in contact with people working on this uh, crazy receptor, which are uh, chemokine receptor, you know. And we didn't know it was eventually important for HIV to interact with those receptors. And we have been in the field thanks to those guys, um, working on with them together on HIV on our part and, and chemokine receptor on their part. And we found together with other people in the field that indeed uh, chemokine receptor and 6R4 was the main co-receptor for HIV to entry into a cell. So we knew at this time that uh, HIV was interacting with CD4, but um, we were you know, broadly, I mean, looking after this uh, entry receptor, you know, you remember that uh, you don't remember, you are too young, but it's <laughs> it's a story. So and 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 uh, we we find out that um, the, the the chemokine ligand of six R four that other people has found as an important uh, way of entry of HIV, this chemokine uh, was indeed a real uh, a true natural inhibitor of it, of entry of HIV because it was competing with the envelope. So this was my first uh, um, encounter, if I can say so, with uh, GPCR through the chemokine receptor, which at this time uh, in the 90s were not very well uh, known. Um, and thanks to this uh, first uh, um, observation that was really followed quickly by another observation that TCR5 was another chemokine receptor for uh, the entry of other type of HIV. Um, so the field just explodes, the field of chemokine receptor really explodes. And uh, we, it was discovered many, not so many, in fact, it's a small family of the class A GPCR. And uh, so this, this domain is uh, has been push a lot thanks to this HIV viruses. And uh, we were thinking at this time that it was uh, the key to find some inhibitor for HIV entry. Uh, unfortunately, HIV, as you know, is a virus which is mutating a lot. So it was just a very good idea, but in the fact it was not possible to to, to use these approaches. And, and, and um, we know now that uh, it's it's still difficult to 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 target a GPCR even from other family, you know, and um, definitely so. Six R four has been highly highly investigated thanks to that, and we know today that uh, this receptor together with six R six R twelve and. Uh, uh, this atypical receptor that we have been discovering in 2005 uh, is really already a trio which is necessary for life and very important in for many 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 aspects of the uh, homeostasis of human but also you know pathology of course they are hijacked by many pathological processes so that's that's how I enter into the GPCR field um from an in, HIV in the 90s yeah and then uh, but but before you you did your PhD um you know in virology and working on HIV did you always know you wanted to be a scientist I'm thinking here you know as as a teenager oh. maybe or as a child um 
I was not aware of that uh, until my mother discovered a letter of uh, intent from me when I was 14. And indeed, I would like, I, I was already uh, claiming that I want to be a scientist, but I forgot about that <laughs> and this commitment. So eventually I, I succeed in that, <laughs> at least. <laughs> It's, you know, sometimes our guests, um, sometimes they say, yes, I always knew I loved science. Others say, oh, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And it's so interesting. I think you're one of our one one of the few first guests who say that as a very young age, knew yeah. that they wanted to be a scientist and actually grew up to become scientists. Yeah. Were you more of a chemistry or more of a biology, uh, you know, student? Uh Actually, uh, I was more when I um, was at the university more um, prone to do some stuff in the development. Uh, mm -hmm. Was uh, I'm already old, so it was the beginning of the development uh, with yeah. uh, with Drosophila, and you know it was really interesting yeah. uh, to do genetic at this day, at this period of, uh, of of science. And uh, unfortunately, I was not. Uh, allowed to go in this direction so I moved to biology you know mm -hmm. and I I, I I am doing my master uh, degree in, in Pasteur Institute you know because yeah. I was higher there and yeah. uh, it, it was just a good choice as well because it was just a great time for biologists you know uh, yeah. Yeah. HIV was a period really exciting for us wow really sad but really exciting uh, as yeah well. From 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 a science perspective, I, and it's interesting because you mentioned you know, CXCR four and CCR five being discovered as HIV co-receptors in the nineties. I know it's twenty twenty three, but when I think about it, it's not in my mind. Maybe I'm getting old as well, but in my mind, the nineties wasn't that far out, and it's incredible how much we've how far we've come since then. How much yeah. more do we know about about these? Chemokines, chemokine receptors, and even HIV. So, when you finished your PhD, did you did you, you mentioned that you your career has been in France? Have you ever moved out of France for a postdoc? Or, um, yeah, I have been doing a postdoc uh, after my PhD at UCLA, mm -hmm. uh, working still on HIV, and. Um, I spent there three years, three very nice years, you know, uh, working in Chen uh, labs. And uh, it was really a very nice, very nice period of my life. Very constructive, interesting, and motivating, really. And then I came back to France when I tried to get a position, a permanent position, which is a way of doing science in France. You need to have this permanent position, which is not easy to get so you have like you know competition for that so but again my my the time I spent at UCLA was uh, just uh, wonderful yeah I really it, enjoyed it. it's yeah. interesting you know you you really went to the other side of the world to do that how did you pick the lab uh it has been easy uh, I think it's still easy for a French uh, PhD to get a position in the US. You know, it's not so difficult mm -hmm. um, for, you know, I don't know, main reason is maybe because uh, we are still 
relatively well-trained PhD students, so it was like it, you know, yeah. European, European student in general. And also because uh, in US it's more flexible to get money, at least for some period of time, and as, after that the postdoc gets its own money, which was uh, already, you know, the question uh, at this time. So to, to back again to the decision, it's because... Uh, I have a, fr I mean, my uh, my friend at this time was already at UCLA, and I want to join him. That's all. Mm -hmm. I tried to find a lab who interests me mm -hmm. in the field of HIV. Yeah. Um, and uh, the field of HIV was very, very. Uh, um, what can I say? Um, dynamic, really yeah. dynamic. It was relatively easy again to find a position there so it was quick in a few months wow in the side so and i moved after my uh, my defense yeah wow how was adapting from the french culture to the you know la culture <laughs> did you oh, find it very easy for me you know I, I i find it very easy i like it very much the la culture uh, it's nice. really um, cool, really cool, really yeah. cool. Yeah. And um, we were living in a part of the city which was also very cool. It was mm -hmm. in West, so it was nice. And I like it a lot, very much. So that's a good part. The, the other part of being, you know, adapt to uh, um, to the PI of the lab. It was not so easy. Uh, it was. It was. You know, um, used to, to to behave in a way that I was not used to uh, mm -hmm. as postdoc and PhD student. So yeah, it was a little bit tough for me that that part. But uh, it, it went slowly within, nevertheless, it went smoothly, but slowly, Good. smoothly within, despite mm -hmm. the fact that uh, we were very different. Uh, I was yeah. not. Uh, used to be, you know, to be directed like that. So, mm -hmm. so easy for me. And um, it's funny because during this part of uh, my life, I discover I have been in contact, thanks to my uh, the PI of the lab, by people doing movie, you know. Wow. So I have some experience in movie as well. <laughs> well, that's, that's what happens when you move to LA. <laughs> Apparently, yet yeah, it's a very classical way of, uh, you know, so I have do, been doing that and it was a funny, very funny experience. Can you, and without really putting any pressure, can you share anything funny, a funny story or anything that happened to you in LA while, other than, than being in the lab, you mentioned movies. I'm yeah, really curious. Very, very funny time because um, uh, it's a movie on HIV, you know, uh, and a very nice movie done in uh, in order to 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 tell the story of HIV mm -hmm. and, and how the the AIDS uh, communicate among uh, people, you know, the society and, and and scientists as well. And what was the fight between uh, French uh, team Montagnier and uh, Paris Inusi yeah. on one side and and, and the other side? Uh, the bad guy in US. <laughs> <laughs> who who shall stolen, stolen French story, you know? Uh, <laughs> French uh, virus. 
So no, a, a nice movie, a funny movie, it's really regarding that story because uh, uh, the PI of the lab tell me that he has been contacted by um, a director of movie in order to, to do this movie, you know, an HIV. And uh, a special part was supposed to be in Pasteur Institute, you know, so they, yeah. they took a mansion uh, close to Beverly Hills where the kitchen were looking almost as, you know, a laboratory in Pasteur with, you know, wow. wood and uh, white wall and stuff like that. And because I was from Pasteur, he decided to, to ask me to go there, you know, and I have been there. And it was really so funny because uh, the guy is a prep master, you know, who decide who, what he can put on the stage, yeah. Yeah. Uh, made a mistake. So he put all uh, all the apparatus were from dentists, you know. Uh, oh, so yeah. Nothing was scientist or scientific <laughs> at all. It was so funny. So, yeah, I told him nicely, no, no, you made a mistake. It's not the good one. So it was very funny. So were you... In the movie, or you just gave gave advice as to how the lab should look, and so I gave advice first, and it, unfortunately, it was uh, important advice, necessary advice for this part. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, because I was playing the game, the guy decided to hire me for more, you know, sophisticated parts, which were uh, the translation for French from English to French, because they were. Having some French actor, you know, well-known okay. actor, and they want to come there um, in order for for them to either speak in French and be, be translated in English or do the do both. And mm -hmm. when, when when the crew arrived, the French crew of actor, you know, I was there still because he, he asked me to go there to be there. So yeah. in order to train, you know, French actor to behave as scientist, you know, to get some. Wow. Well, I think I think I think you just uh, you know made the top one, uh, <laughs> rank number one because I think that you are the only guest on the podcast who was in the situation. So to answer your question, yes, you can find my aunt in the movie because wow. the lady, the actress, which was uh, supposed to be Françoise Barré Sinusi, so the, the Nobel Prize didn't succeed in really having the tube in her hand or, you know, you know, <laughs> it was a mess. So, okay, this is your hand and we will, we will uh, have her, uh, her face in uh, the movie, you know. Wow. So you yeah. have your hands. Oh, wow. What is, do you remember the title of the movie? I have to look it up now and we, we have to link it somewhere. And, it... and the band, and the band played on. Okay. The band played on. Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. This is so cool. <laughs> really <That's>, cool. <laughs> what what an experience! Who would have known that you went for a postdoc and you ended up working, well, helping out with with the movie? Um, yeah, well done. Sometimes, obviously, with them because it was so funny. <laughs> I like it very much. <laughs> of course! Wow, that is amazing. So you cut. Wow, <laughs> I'm still. I'm in awe. This is why this is why I love the podcast. And, because... and, you know, another, another funny thing in this story is that we have been to the butcher with a master prep uh, guy mm -hmm. in order to find some uh, lymph node. You know, uh -huh. so we were looking at some pieces of uh, <laughs> food in order to look like a you know lymph node from yeah. a guy we are supposed to to deceased because of the health. You know, 
it was wow. really funny anyway. wow wow <laughs> see this this is why I love the podcast you would never have the opportunity to talk about your experience making movies at a at a conference <laughs> because this is just so unique <laughs> I think it I think it is it just doesn't mean may not have the space in a in a talk about uh, about chemokine receptors and and HIV yeah. yeah that is amazing so then and then so after your postdoc you come back to France and you start your own group and yeah. you continued working on on HIV and and then chemokine receptors and the family but how can you tell us briefly how your um scientific interest evolved with time yeah uh, i can um so i was really focused on hiv as you understood from a very long period of time um until we have been discovering when i was back in france so uh, oh i'm sorry i, I forgot to cut no worries When I was um, back to France, we I have been involved in a story indirectly where um, some people. So I I I told you that CXR4 was my main interest. Nevertheless, the chemokine field was really my interest, and um, those three uh, partner of the CXR12, you know, signaling axis yeah. are completely. Uh, um, cry for life so not so many uh, um, mutation has been reported almost none you know yeah except in the 2000 early 2000 where um, some genetician told us that uh, they were um, having people um, most likely having mutation in in 604 that were reported by a group American group a very bright American group of people um, uh, making the association between uh, a polymorphism and a mutation in 6R4, heterozygote um, mutation, and a very special syndrome, you know, uh, with uh, some uh, immunodeficiency, I mean, deep immunodeficiency and, and, and a susceptibility to develop HPV, um, human papillomavirus infection, I mean, not infection, but uh, mm -hmm. uh, pathology, you know. And um, in France, at the same moment, those type of patients were found close by uh, hospital in, uh, in, in, in close, close by Paris, you know. And they join us and, and we decide to move on this topic, which was really interesting because... Um, It's always more interesting, especially now that we know that science should be focused on, on the, the more and more, which is not, you know, which is understandable, but not always a good choice. But anyway, we should be we should be focused on on pathology, you know, and try to find some uh, something related to concrete situation. Why not? Yeah. But in this case, it's always better, to my point of view, to to start with the disease and try to find some key molecular yeah. key. Yeah. So we were here in a facing a situation where those people have a mutation, you know, yeah. most likely uh, I mean uh, causing the disease, but we were not completely sure of that yet. And uh, with some um, 
apparently uh, uh, some selectivity toward the development of, of pathogenesis for one viruses, not all viruses, one viruses. So despite the fact that those people were deeply immunodeficient, they were living uh, yeah. relatively well, up to 40, 50, with um, difficulty, but still, you know, they were facing well their, their pathology, you know, and they, they were having this special, you know, susceptibility toward HPV pathogenesis. So HPV, it's a viruses, you know, how viruses, we know that we have almost 400 type of viruses, HPV viruses today, which we know from the early 2010, so less than 10 years ago, that they are part of the commensal, you know, microbiota. So mm -hmm. they were well known uh, to be uh, pathogen, causing uh, some cancer, some yeah. cervix cancer for at least 80, 88% of cervix cancer are because of those HPV. Mm -hmm. The same for oro oropharyngeal cancer, you know, yeah. Yeah. and they are suspect to be responsible as well for um, uh, non-melanomal skin cancer, you know, suspect, not sure. <laughs> and despite all this uh, bad uh, pattern, you know, we know from early this year, very, very recently, that they are part of the common cell microbiota. And, and even they are the most important eukaryotic viruses on the skin. So meaning that you and me are carrying without any lesion due to HPV, no warts, nothing. We are carrying uh, between uh, eight to 11 different types of HPV. And it's not, you know, it's not known and it's not seen because HPV, it's hijacking the, the skin differentiation process, you know, mm -hmm. and and because of that, uh, HPV is taking advantage of that to be to go with the desquamation, you know, and it's really transparent for the immune life. I mean, immune immune responses. So that's why I have been shifting uh, a lot uh, to this type of of, of um, interest, which was really different. Viruses are very different, so. Sometimes it's not well known when we're outside the field, but working on one virus doesn't mean that you know everything on every virus. So it's really difficult yeah. uh, to jump from one to another one with original idea. And and um, also uh, at this time in the 2005 and those type of uh, years, we, we we discover with other that this, those this field of atypical receptors, you know, chemokin receptors that are not apparently um, signaling through G protein, and uh, they have another way of, of signaling, yeah. and they are most likely uh, regulating uh, the, the functioning of normal, classical, you know, GPCR. So yeah. it's really important uh, to move a lot from my yeah. previous study. Yeah, I have to say, I always found your papers very elegant. Oh. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed them. And not because we're, we were co-authors on, on one, but I really, when I, since I wrote my thesis um, on chemokine receptors and there was CXCR4, CXCR7, 
or ICKR3 and, and CCR2, I, I had to go through a lot of papers and I always thought your, your papers were very elegant. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I was wondering, so this is something that I've always, I think I think the pathology we're talking about is the WIM syndrome with the mutation in CXCR4. Yeah. But when you talk about, you know, CXCR12 and uh, the, the other two chemokine receptors, which are CXCR4 and CCR, CXCR7, what I'm wondering, we it is known that CXCR7 also interacts with CXCR11. And has anyone ever looked at, you know, this, this, this kind of a not not necessarily trio, but includes CXCR CXCL eleven in there, yeah. and what does it do? Yeah, yeah, of course. Many people try to to be exhaustive in this way. It it never ends in a way because you behind uh, interacting with chemokine ligands, those two those two receptors, ACKR three or CXCR four, are also. I mean, presumably uh, interacting with natural ligands, which are not chemokine, you know. Yeah. So it could be, it's difficult to, to pretend to be exhaustive and looking at 6L12 and 6L11 at the same time and, you know, at ACKR3 and 6L4. You know, and, and, and I saw in your list of questions that you, you were trying to ask us what we could emphasize as a difficulty in the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, most likely this is this is it, you know, because you 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 cannot pretend to be you know to handle everything uh, in a, in a correct fashion. I mean, yeah. especially because it's it's really flippy to work on an ACKR three. It's a receptor which is uh, internally, I mean, uh, most likely intracytoplasmic, uh, not at the membrane. So it's really difficult to look at it carefully yeah. in non-invasive way you know so i mean it's it's um it's relatively tough so yeah it's a good idea to have a global view on on the on the quattro or whatever you want to incorporate in this yeah. it's, it's really very ambitious sometimes it's very difficult yeah i i always wondered because it, there's papers that show that 6cr4 and 6cr7 form heterodimers just to complicate things a little bit more and then they both bind cxcl12 and then there's cxcr3 which has different splice variants and it i've always wondered well what do those splice variants do on their own but do they heterodimerize with cxcr7 considering that they share i mean i think this is the beauty of the chemokine field is that there's so many there's you know 20 something receptors 50 plus ligands and then everybody could be interacting with everybody yeah and it's difficult because in a in a in a in an organ or in a tissue or in a in an organism all of these receptors and chemokines can be expressed and you cannot it's hard to do an experiment where you have you know, three, four, five receptors in there and then wonder what happens. One of the big questions that I always got during my thesis is what would happen if you mix the chemokines? <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, we're not there yet. We can barely look at one-on-one -on -one ratio between receptor and chemokine. But that's also something complicating things yeah. a lot. It's really complicated. It's, it's definitely something we would like to reach all of them, uh, all of us, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, that it, it's it's a really complicated uh, story and question, 
uh, that nature knows how to address, apparently, because yeah. uh, when you have uh, many chemokine on, on the matrix, extracellular matrix, which yeah. are feeding on, on, on heparin sulfate with a very, very um, uh, high affinity, you know, we are close to the nanomolar range as well. So yeah. they are there sitting there and it's, 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 it's really difficult to modelize indeed uh, to model uh, i mean uh, uh, in this type of uh, you know uh, environment how yeah. one receptor or homodimer or heterodimer or whatever uh, can you know make that choice uh, exactly because we are speaking about 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 receptor which are involved most of them in the migration of the cell so the cell is not sitting there you know the cell is moving as well so you have also to take into consideration the dynamic of the situation and the extravation, you know, from yeah. the endothelium to the tissue as well. So imagine all the contact we, we, we might need to model in. We are speaking about eventually model, you know, organoid yeah. or whatever. Um, it's, it's, it's really amazing how uh, interesting it is and complicated at the same time. So, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, on one way, um, uh, store, I mean, uh, when you try to model in mice, it's, 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 it's nice because you have all the environment, but it's mice and it's tough to have molecular, you know, point of view, access to molecular yeah. event. And when you try to model in vitro, it's tough for reducing, you know, yeah. so yeah. the middle between yeah. all of that. You yeah. take what you get. <laughs> <laughs> well, which is which is also a good thing a good thing in the sense that there is much more work to do so there's much more opportunity for us to make discoveries as a as a whole scientific community in that sense so let me ask you this what is your favorite gpcr <laughs> my favorite one yes oh, it's 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 maybe um Still, uh, six or four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I that was my first first receptor I worked on as well. Yeah, I so know it has a special place in my heart as well. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's a it's a it's a very interesting receptor, and um, in in our common publication, I started that work making those mutants of the dry motif, um, during a summer internship. In, in Nicolaus's lab. And it interestingly, it took, I think it took six, three months to get those six poor mutants. Because back in the day, we were using the Kunkel methodology. We were making single-stranded DNA. And yeah. we didn't even have ATP in the lab. The lab was just starting out. So I have a very, very strong, strong feelings around around making those mutants. And it was so nice to get the sequencing data back, which is also, I didn't have to run sequencing gels. Um, but still, it took, I think, a week back in the day to get the sequencing data back. And you had to take the tubes and walk and hope that you get what you need. Yeah. So we we talked a little, well, we talked a lot about chemokine receptors and, and viruses. Um, if And we talked also about the difficulty in the field, considering the complexity of ev everything. Um, if you could... What, do, what are the tools that you think we need? Anything that would help us really dissect 
the the import the different chemokine and chemokine receptor pairs and also put them together and you can be as you know wishful as as you want i had um someone working on adhesion gpcrs one day and the person said it was anthony bocar and he said well i wish i had i could like become this tiny and then go into the cell and observe adhesion gpcrs um activate so for the chemokine field any thoughts as any any wishes putting out there what kind of tools we need i, I, I think it's a very nice uh, wishes that you just mentioned I mean, it's great really great uh, I, I, I would i would be the same you know a little a little things to go on the cells and travel with the cells uh, yeah in in the blood you know and, and yeah and into, into the skin where i like the skin you know and and try to encounter some papillomaviruses eventually and, mm. and find out how does it work with them you know yeah so yeah it, it, i think it would be nice to travel i think so too <laughs> <laughs> i think so too there was this cartoon back in the day about the magic bus you know the teacher and the magic bus and they yeah. would shrink and go into these yeah. different things i think something something similar to that would be really phenomenal yeah. to go in there sort of scary as well because you know this big synapse immunological synapse eventually yeah. you know, and goofing <laughs> everyone <laughs> yes <laughs> i think so too I th but i i can only imagine the number of events happening every minute in a oh. cell and yeah yeah imagine that because the cell is, is, is moving it's completely deformed you know yeah yeah um, you have it's... the age you have uh, everything which is you know she need to you know to to, to face to... a lot of difficulty yeah yeah and then you have the sheer stress in your in the bloodstream yeah. and things are moving fast it's just i think it's fascinating yeah 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 definitely so, so awesome yes. Yes. Okay, let's let's do it. <laughs> let's find the magic bus then. <laughs> uh, I always ask this as well, and the answer is always yes. Um, but do you still do you still do you think GPCRs are still good drug targets? Now, if you could elaborate a little bit about that, I'm not sure I catch your question. Um, so do you think GPCRs are still good drug targets? Um, yeah. I, I I don't I don't have to think about it, you know, <laughs> just to look yes. at what's going on, you know. And that's yeah. uh, the pain is really important. The depression is very important. Uh, yeah. And obviously, for me, uh, all the immunological and infectious disease, you know. So yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, we have to face the reality. GPCR yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. They do everything, and it's interesting that you know. I sometimes when I, I was I'm thinking here about the keynote at the uh, Gordon conference from from Fiona Marshall, yeah. where she was presenting. You know, well, it wasn't only about GPCRs. Obviously, it was focused on the on on the GPCRs, and when we talk about the complexity of systems such as the chemokine system, it I'm always fascinated at the fact that we were able to so far develop the current drugs yeah because it's so it's it's like playing the lottery obviously very directed and scientifically you know sound but still yeah, wow still, i understand your point yeah i agree yeah it's just yeah we love we love we love our, our gpcrs because we can manage the specific effects so far in a tube but yeah. 
not about the reality when it's in the body, you know, it's, it's yes. another story. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree. Yeah. All right, last segment of our conversation. Um, what would be, uh, in your opinion, your top three aha moments that shaped your trajectory as a scientist? Um, if I understood well the question, I, I, I believe... Um, it could be scientific or it could be both anything anything you want anything that changed your trajectory something that happened to you that you know shifted you from whatever whatever you were doing before yeah so obviously it was uh travel to of the atlantic you know to go to yeah. UCLA shaped definitively differently my my mind and my wishes and everything and and uh, and and yes, I mean, uh, um, despite the fact that I was working on HIV, that was so important, a very important pandemic, the first one we we really have faced so far before the COVID. Um, I was not really, you know, um, in the field of medicine at all. You know, I was really doing academic research. So the WIM story shift me a lot uh, on the medical field and this is why and thanks to that that I have been in contact with uh, medical and uh, MD PhD and patients you know yeah so that has been a big field big move for me a big 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 really one big so and and I think it's the two most important three. Uh, what would be the third one? <laughs> I think the third one, based on our conversation, could be something around the fact when when chemokine receptors were identified as oh, HIV yeah. receptors. I think that obviously, obviously, it's, that... it's uh, and 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 uh, it's really um, amazing how viruses are you know intimately. Uh, related to to those infectious bug you know yeah uh, that's really amazing yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really a great a great domain biology and I will uh, really push young people to go there it's 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 not the future but in a way sadly speaking it's the future as well because we have to face so many you know yeah so trouble with those viruses are the viruses are you know the next one on the line yeah Speaking of, of, of advice to junior scientists, what would be your advice? Be a virologist. You know? Be a virologist. <laughs> Stop, drop everything. Be a virologist. <laughs> working working on GPCR, obviously. <laughs> up, up, yeah, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> but anything else? I think, um, I think one of the things that came through the conversation is the fact that you went from France to the other end of the world to do a postdoc and it allowed you to really shift and and mature your way of thinking about science. And I think that's important advice for anyone thinking about the postdoc. Absolutely. It's 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 make you curious and 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 also um in a way uh, free of you know more free of thinking, I think so, because you are not belonging anymore to one single culture or whatever. You need to yeah. to address those type of challenge in your life. That's absolutely mandatory. I agree with you. Um, and also, yeah, 
doing this job is being at the beginning highly motivated you know to, yeah. to ensure that you can you can afford frustration and you know because you have some you know higher perspective or longer perspective yeah longer yeah. view you know so yeah. it's really important not everyone today can afford this type of frustration and so it's not the way of acting in or actually yeah. around yeah i think so too i think if you have a long-term goal or long-term vision yeah. which is bigger than than yourself and bigger than just quote-unquote yeah. publishing papers like in your case you mentioned really the patient driven approach and and the focus on gpcrs viruses in the context of patients i think that's um that's you can take on the frustrations of the daily things yeah. better thinking about okay this is the goal this is just a bump in the road yeah exactly well on that note Françoise merci beaucoup thank you yeah. for your time today um I really enjoyed our conversation and um I'll I'll talk to you soon don't go anywhere we're gonna let people wonder what we talk about after we stop recording okay thanks for the invitation thanks a lot. thank you thank you for joining us and listening to this Dr. GPCR podcast episode we would like to thank our Dr. GPCR podcast guest and our team members, Attila, Ines, Montserrat, Ivana, Andreina, Valint, and Julia. Please mark your calendars for our upcoming 2023 Dr. GPCR Symposia. Don't forget to visit us and check out the program. A huge thank you to our ecosystem partners for their support, Domain Therapeutics, GPCR Therapeutics, Design Pharmaceuticals, Montana Molecular, and Orion Biotechnology. You can connect with our partners directly in the ecosystem. Join us today. Also, please subscribe to the Dr. GPCR newsletter, find us on YouTube, and if you like our podcast, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. You can also leave us a testimonial at drgpcr.com testimonials. Another great way to support us is to share your favorite Dr. GPCR program with your network and colleagues. With any questions or suggestions, please email us at hello at drgpcr.com. Until next time, stay safe.